And here we are for episode 32 of LOI Weekly with Daniel McDonald back in the hot seat with uh, myself, Johnny Ward. And we are at the launch of FIFA 18 on behalf of EA Sports, a uh, player from every Premier Division club actually here today. Uh, and plenty of chat about uh, the relegation battle and obviously the cup uh, semi-finals come up as well. Kieran Sadlier will join us to talk about one of the cup semi-finals. That's uh, Limerick's visit to Cork on Friday. And we will have former Sligo teammates Raf Crataro and Gavin Pearce together uh, to discuss what unfortunately is a real relegation dogfight, which seems to be getting more interesting uh, with every couple of weeks. And we have a competition as well where we'll give away a copy of FIFA 18. Uh, Dan, are you computer games man anymore you were in your youth I suppose like the rest in the of youth yeah yeah we should mention with the Conrad Hotel Johnny as well not we so are in the Conrad you Hotel you sort of mentioned that we're here as though yeah. we're in some like undisclosed safe house somewhere uh, just a load of League of Ireland players being smuggled off somewhere yeah so, so look, this I got the hotel wrong actually I, 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 I went to the Morrison initially <laughs> I don't know why that's where I went for my first race and post job interview right so, and, uh, so 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 see normal normally you might just research where you were meant to go. I did. You just forgot. So you but, went to uh, welcome back anyway. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back here at the Conrad. Sorry, at it's, the Conrad. It's our first outside broadcast at of the Conrad. The, of the, yeah, the Conrad yeah. Hotel. Yeah, um, Morrison. Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, it's gotten very interesting. Obviously, you've been keeping tabs. You are on your honeymoon, but uh, you haven't lost sight of what's going on in the league, and it's been very. Pretty intriguing. Ah, no. Like, you know, you run out of things to speak about after a while. So Married you know, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Only about two or three weeks uh, in. Yeah, in the first week or so, we like, didn't really follow Honeymoon up. period. Didn't really follow what was going on. Second week, you know, just sort of, just have a look at the news, see what's going on. You have to sort of arrive back and have, have a clue of what happened. Talking to people here today, they're on about the EA Sports Cup final and so on. Uh, nice EA mentioned there as well. Mm. But uh, they talk about the game and uh, you need to be able to say, Oh yeah, of course. I know what you're saying. Rather than, can you please tell me what happened in that game? Because yeah. I was in holidays, please. So uh, I did actually watch that game. Um, you enjoyed and, it. And uh, I watched I watched Cork and Dock and the Telly on Monday night when I was just back as well. And yeah, we'll watch some of the goals from the weekend. So it, I mean, the story. I, mean, I still can't believe now that we're in a situation where the league won't officially be won probably until the second week of October when. Um, is that a good unless, or a bad unless thing? Unless than Well, I mean, it's not any. It's 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 it's, not, it's neither. Like, it doesn't really matter. If it's a good or a bad thing. Uh, there's still the sense of foregone conclusion about it. It's just the formalities of it. Maybe in some strange way, it might help for for Cork that uh, in terms of a cup semi final this week, if they'd won the league on Monday, I suppose there would have been celebrations or very hard to you know contain the celebrations and maybe now. This, this setback might sort of, as much as I think they wanted to win the league against Dundalk, and that would have been huge psychologically maybe to, to, to get one over them on the wrong patch. Maybe it'll keep them tuned in a bit and there would have been a danger of almost them being vulnerable maybe against Limerick on Friday if they'd been in celebration mode, even if it was a sober celebration mode. But I still, you know, mentally, I suppose, there, there would be a danger of the eye being taken off the ball for that game. Whereas actually, realistically, Cork are going to win the league and the double is what it's all about. So, you know, Friday is as important as, as Monday, really. We should, um, um, in terms yeah, of the check. game. And just to actually refresh us, uh, memories on the results, um, starting with the ones last Friday, Dundalk beat 10-man draw at 3-0. Thomas Byrne, who, if you remember, early in the season, draw uh, boss Pete Mahan was really talking up Thomas Byrne highly. It hasn't really happened for him. He's had a few disciplinary issues, and that was events again uh, on on. Uh, the match on Friday, obviously. Limerick beat Cork City 2-1, and Kieran Sadler, who we'll speak to, got a header in that game, but on the losing side. Galway United 3, Sligo 1. Um, uh, had the pleasure of being there, and what a goal by Kevin Devaney, an ex-Sligo Rovers player. Uh, great, great result for Galway. Derry City, Neil Bray 5. Dan, I'll have to get, get you on that in a moment. Bohemians 3, Pats 2. Shamrock Rovers 4, Finn Harps 1. And then on Monday, I was at Pats 2-0 against Rovers. And Cork uh, won all against Dundalk. Yeah, just just to go back to Friday. I mean, the Derry result was completely crazy. What's going on there? I don't know. Um, I mean, they're a pretty erratic team. Um, and in, in recent weeks, they've they've started to concede large numbers of goals. I don't know, Johnny. I wasn't wasn't at the match. Like it's very hard. Bray could now get fourth. They could, yeah. And Bowes are actually it's brought Bowes back into it as well. Derry's run a form. And it probably helps the Derry of a back match against Strada, which will probably give them a bit more comfort. Um, but but the, the, you know we've talked about the various angles uh, to the season and, and the league probably being wrapped up and the relegation one but that fourth place one is huge I mean the difference between fourth and fifth 
place in the league. Oh well, that's presuming. Sorry, Limerick don't presuming win Limerick don't win on Saturday. So or on Friday. Sorry. So that's been a bit presumptuous and, and annoying anyone from Limerick who's listening. But let's just you know let's just say the Cork beat Limerick on Friday. All of a sudden we kind of this new angle at the end of the season where the difference between fourth and fifth is two hundred grand. And when, when you're talking about managers doing their you know their budgets and and so on for next season, uh, Derry look to have that you know pretty pretty wrapped up really um, and now it's vulnerable to Bray who okay I think the players I think might have some kind of deal uh, that they'll get a good percentage of the European money if they if they qualify but still it's a, it's a big amount of money for, Is that, for is that common in the league oh, that, that happens? Fair, yeah it'd be fair like you know you get a percentage of European money or prize money or whatever it, it might be every club has to do individual deal to their players at the start of the Fair season. Enough. Yeah, it's, it's standard. I mean, they they, they often they do most of the work to get them there. Um, so, but you know, Bray obviously need money for probably for other for other reasons. I still wouldn't be hugely optimistic about that club next year. Um, and then you've got Bowes who like you know to to qualify for Europe for them. Um, you know, the amount of money involved would probably exceed almost you know the budgers you know across uh, across most. They of could the offer season. even better value uh, on their craft beer at the bar. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it could it could change everything. Um, yeah. So. Um, um, so that that could be a, a new angle for us to talk about, and it's really it's Derry's capitulation that has has and made, it is has made that possible. It is. I mean, I know you're a big fan of the side, and we know every time we talk about Derry, you have to refer to the fact they've had a very difficult year, and maybe it's just these things catch up with you over a period of time. They also don't have um, the biggest squad necessarily, and uh, I, I don't know if, if you know the combination of that and the fact it's quite a few young players, and um, they've just become. Increasingly vulnerable as the as the year has as, as progressed, it's 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 still very hard to to square you know to, to get your head around them conceding five at home to Bray. I mean, okay, they lost four 0 at home to Dundalk, um, and okay, just you're sort of used to seeing Dundalk blown away sides, but five at home to Bray just uh, and be, a penalty over them, be it with a missed penalty and and um, they had a couple of chances. And those Bray Derry games this year have all been entertaining. I mean, you you obviously have some. Fond oh, yeah. memories of, uh, me of that Bray, Bray and Bray and Derry's meeting in the summer. I still think you're still paying off for your pork shoulders, whatever it was. I don't know what it was though, about you the other night. I met you after the Pats Rovers game, but like your hand gestures were all over the shop, and I couldn't get my hand off your ring. And I was just like, "That man is married now. Where am I going in life?" Yeah. But, uh, where's the relegation battle going actually? Because this is chaotic. Yeah, it's absolutely from chaotic. Um, <laughs> it's from looking at Limerick on 35 yeah. and Harps are on 30. And actually, people are kind of saying, oh, Harps are gone, but they're obviously it's, not. It's all about taking the plunge, really, Johnny, isn't mm. it? In, in every sense of the word. Oh, you're bringing uh, it back see to... see what I did there, yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, I mean, Limerick's win sort of... Uh, I think Limerick's still have a game with Drada left, though, as well, aren't they? So that, that almost feels like at this stage that's a bonus couple of points for someone and just I, to note Galway's goal difference is much the best that is that yeah. is a big factor look Pat's incredibly like Pat's goal difference is now back to minus 9 or something um, which uh, considering they were beaten 6-0 by Dundalk and they've taken a couple of beatings if I'm not mistaken at various times where it feels like it you mm. know this season um, it's pretty impressive they've, they've got it back to reasonable levels I mean they could actually close that gap even with Galway if they had a one or two good weeks. Play you know? Galway in, in two games that's time. Well, they, you know, 3-0 win and all of a sudden that, that's all changed. Trying to get the Pats fans to run a charter train which they did for the EA Sports Cup final um, against Pats. Another EA Sports Cup mention. This is yeah. shameless. But uh, they actually out. have considering it. Like, So you get the Galway fans. I think the first train down is a standard train but then there's a train back after the game which is just like Pats and Galway fans whatever. And it sounds great and it is. So hopefully, And, and you're trying to run this train. I'm trying to get uh, I'm trying to get so like, train, So yeah. basically does people in Irish football to have run trains in recent years John Delaney in <laughs> Slovakia that time when uh, the game was meant to be somewhere else and it wasn't uh, and he was left. lifted shoulder high yeah. off the train with some lad with a can of Carlsberg or something and Carlsberg and uh, or was I don't know what it was, it was some, some product of some kind and uh, we could have Johnny Ward's train from well, train to well, Galway well, Pats my train of thought as it were uh, brings me back to uh, the boy Garvin was starting I actually thought he might be out for the rest of the season but he played the previous game I think and himself and Killian Brennan the other night they won the midfield battle Rovers I think Bradley wasn't at the game he has he finishing he off he as he UEFA he's finishing off as UEFA possibly didn't help Rovers um, they didn't play particularly well and they rested Clark 
uh, or didn't play him anyway, and Bulger came off the bench. So maybe they weren't playing the best team, but I have to give credit to Pats, like considering the problems they've had and having to, obviously, Piers got sent off, their keeper situation is a bit messy. They were very, very good. No, no, I mean, that that was a, I think they needed a response after Bowes on Friday and, um, you know, we have Gavin Pears on and he was obviously sent off on Friday and that was a big influence in that game. Um, but they probably have a pretty tough run in. I mean, they've got Cork to come, although if, if Cork have the league won at that point, that could become uh, this is a, it, a, like. an easier game than it may seem on paper. But you did look at that Pat's run in with Bowes away and Rovers and the two Dublin derbies you felt were going to make their season if they'd lost the second one. I just think Pats were were really on the ropes again. And it, it just goes to show, no matter how good their run of form was recently, uh, no team then there is any more than two or three bad results away from being right back in it. And it's going to be like sort of past the parcel when the music stops at the end of the season. It's, you know, the teams whose form is poor in those last two or three games, they may not be one of the worst three sides in the league. I mean, mm. they say they need to liberalise. I mean, sometimes it, it does. Are you, you a know, fan or not? With the longer it goes on. I mean, it's, it's made this season very entertaining. Um, I still see the, I still look at the, say, the weakness then of Drada this year, um, who, who are not able to cope. And okay, you think if they were replaced by Waterford, so Waterford just for draw, would that make a very good 12-team league potentially? You think, okay, but there's always the teams in, in a bit of crisis mode. I mean, what, be seriously what, crap for Sevilla. What, what, so. what are Bray going to be? What are Bray going to be next year? You know, and um, I, I can I've always said it. I can see there's a logic in trying to get you know the ten the, the best ten teams. You know, to try and build up the minimum standard, and then maybe then start bringing a couple more teams into it to to try and aspire to it. Um, for example, I know people talk about fatigue, but I wouldn't be sick of another Cork and Dock game, or actually a Cork Rovers game. Um, I think there's good rivalries building up, and if those teams at the top, um, you know, can stay consistent and, and bring the level up, I don't think we'll be that fatigued by them playing each other all the time. Maybe other people are going to disagree with that statement, but uh, and maybe that's looking at it very much from a point of view that you know most weeks I will go to watch the, the from a work point of view will go and watch the teams at the top of the table and you see the good games and the, the teams that are going well and that are in good shape and you maybe don't understand what it's going to mean to some of the clubs further down if their seasons you know if they're, if they're stuck in sort of first division wasteland or whatever it might be so I feel bad about the prospect of a Sligo or a Galway or a Pats. Uh, particularly, imagine if you know if you lost both of the Western teams, for example. I mean, it's very hard to put a positive it spin. Definitely happen. Very hard to Just put a positive well, spin on that. Over forty-six thousand harps as well. Uh, forty-six thousand. I think we discussed this as well the other night. But forty-six thousand at a one-off game, albeit the one-off game, the ladies' final, just shows what um, if if a ticketing kind of initiatives and proper marketing and goodwill. Forty-six thousand at at a ladies' football final and. Actually, we, we, we were having this debate the other night. What's a good crowd for the FAI Cup final, which we'll talk about later on? Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a there's a point here. I mean, there's a lot of the stuff in response to the ladies' GA crowd is, uh, I think that's a very Irish event. I think there's a real Irish, uh, where we are the great event junkies. There was a proper campaign to get everyone to go to that game. There was buses from coming around the country. There was also six teams playing on Sunday as well, not just two. Um, so there was like a, you know, I think it was really proactive, really intelligent marketing, and there was this whole great publicity comes out afterwards. Wow, forty six thousand people went to this game. That's amazing. What does this say? Now, I mean, how many went to the semi-finals and 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 the other rounds? It doesn't really matter. Well, I think it does. I think it does matter to me. Like people talk about the FEI Cup finals and thirty thousand went to watch Bray and St Francis in nineteen ninety. Well, that's great. But what happened? The, the, the decade that followed was was pretty grim. So uh, these one-off attendance figures and getting everyone to go to, to one big event I don't think that says much about the, the okay. health of anything I don't Dundalk buy that you know, the 36,000 were at Rovers and Sligo Rovers in 2010 um, yeah. you, know, you know Arthur's Day was a gimmick and everyone went to the pub for a day like it's about you know consistent support across a period of time however I do think it's the, in recent years the marketing of the cup final has been pretty poor um, you think it's been poor? I think so. Yeah, I, I, even I, the ten nicker tickets. I, I don't think. Um, I don't think the the FA Cup over the last couple of years has been great. I think I will be accused of media. being a member of one media company speaking about another and I, I don't want to that's not my point um, I, I suppose if Irish Independence wanted the cup I'd be saying this is a fantastic thing but um, I think you know with, you know with the mail being a sponsor for the cup they're not necessarily um, you know a sponsor that's in a a position, like look at what Little have done, saying you know, in ladies' football, it's been huge 
I, I just have I wouldn't be happy with how the cup okay, as so a standalone package we'll, has, we'll been, has been presented that. but I mean that's, so that's, that's that's a subject for Cork, another day if Cork beat Limerick and Dundalk and Rovers is a possibly a bit harder to call so Dundalk or Rovers against Cork in the final is very likely what's a good crowd I think there should be there should we should be distraught like and ask what's going on if you can't get sort of over 30,000 people into the stadium that's big that, big, that, big but, words but, but that but but if you, if you would apply the same model to what was done on um on for the ladies game last Sunday that should involve buses that should involve you know kids from around the country being brought into the game like the, the sound of the sound the soundtrack of that game on Sunday was children sort of screaming you know <laughs> yeah. so like there's no reason if you want to the cosmetic of well look at this you can fill the stadium it can actually be done there's, there's, you can go around the country and you can bring kids from uh, you know every schoolboy league wherever you possibly can and bring them up to make the stadium full. That can Sounds happen. Sounds like Sinn Féin voters. Yeah, but yeah, but look, does, yeah. so does that is that a picture of health when it actually happens? Uh, I, 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 I be, still think a, an I, illusion I think, is, is think, good in the, in the well, sense. Twenty five thousand, twenty six thousand at the last. No, it's, been, it's been fine. It's been I good. remember when there was like yeah, there was seven but, or eight thousand. But that also so. included the, the the attendance for the uh, the women's cup final mm. earlier in the day and under understandably enough they have to give them a prominent block on the Aviva and then a lot of them head off and you have this you talk about the illusion you watch the cup final and there's empty seats in the in the, the most visible tier of the ground I don't think that looks particularly good so if you're talking about the illusion people turn on the TV you know them we all know the people who aren't interested in the league they flick on the cup final they see the ball going down the sideline there's all these empty seats and like Jesus that came so if you're talking about creating an illusion for people then you need to do it a lot better than what's been done at, at this point in time if that's your your flagship okay. game and also good, ticket, to, good ticket, to have you back on the show tickets should say. be available long in advance this yeah. whole thing that they go and you can barely get them on Ticketmaster until something like 10 days before any yeah. LCD sound system tickets for I, I have no LCD sound no. system tickets no could John no. Delaney sort me one he, listen, send Joe him Delaney an, just send him an email and you never know what happens you never know the Cork and Dock game after my slagging of Cork of late they were by far the better side Dan in fairness on Monday night and uh, I had a good bet on Dundalk draw no best and I, I got out of jail because Sean Hoare should have been sent off for one thing um, and I think they would have won the game after that well Hoare well, sorry Massey was the one who was vulnerable Hoare got an absolutely ridiculous booking at the start yeah the but he was when he was booked his second yeah, was clear yeah, but, but in Massey fairness was Mas- one, yeah. Massey's first was a yellow but he didn't get it so he might have done the second challenge then he got injured blah 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 anyway Cork were by far the better team I thought I think, I think what Monday night's game showed was that ultimately the right team has won the league this year um, as much as you could argue the toss over who's the better side at the moment uh, the fact is the dog haven't deserved to win the league this year at all they've played Cork three times four times between the President's Cup but you know let's, let's focus on the three the three league games and they've taken one point um, and you would argue that Cork bashed them in June with a better side on Monday and were probably the better side actually they were the better side I think even Stephen Kenny admitted in March of their defeats at that stage they had no real complaints about that one so um, if you don't beat your nearest rivals at any point in the season there's no hard luck story the best the best team this year has won the league and it showed yeah Maguire was the star if you're if you're drawing a list from you know 1 to 10 and here are the reasons why Cork won the league like Maguire is definitely number 1 there's no question about that but I think there's also Conor McCormick and his presence and, what and he McCormick did. as well Conor McCormick McElhenney yeah. is it an indictment of McElhenney that he's been very very quiet in general in the Cork I, I think they've 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 done a job on him you know, should he be able to particularly get, a, get over that? Yeah, thing. he should be able to. And maybe do they have to look ahead? He did have to look at changing their approach to those games slightly and try and find a way to, I don't know, you know, switch them wide for a point or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to sort, of, you know, discuss the, the tactical uh, mastery or otherwise of of our views. I mean, but I, I would think Dundalk can find a way to get McIlhenny into games with Cork more. I'm sure that's something they'll be working on if they get another chance. Um, and and I would also say Alan Bennett as well too. Um, and and his presence on the pitch as well. He hasn't always been involved, and you could say since the mid-season break, yes, they've lost Maguire, but they've also lost on Levy, and Bennett sort of has been injury-prone. You know, he's been in and out. He didn't play in Europe, for example. So um, I think Monday, when they had that real intensity, they didn't let them dog breathe. They didn't let them get into any... Aside from the first 10 minutes, where actually the dog were 
probably the better side and thinking, okay, this is going to happen here. But no, maybe Cork, a couple Cork of things, just got, uh, got got into it, and it's not just them. I mean, even I thought you know Shepherd was lively again, and um, you know Morrissey next to um, and actually just Morrissey and Buckley having Dooley back in the side as Dooley well. Dooley was excellent. Who was who was really excellent. good, and I think okay, that is that is the league winning side of this year. Across the season, they've been the most consistent. The one thing I would say, I haven't really been on since in the last couple of weeks when Cork have had their particularly bad form. I still think the stat that shows why they won the league, not just because of Maguire, I think it was at the Rovers game in Tallahassee, the first time they conceded more than one goal in the league game this season. Mm. And this is in September. Mm. So that's the league winning side. Just on, on, on Dundalk, um, Benson had a lot of incidents that didn't help his game. Like he was changing his jersey, he was getting blood substitutes or blood injuries and that. And when Stephen O'Donnell came on, in fairness, they suddenly became the better team. They were sharper. They were sharp so there's I suppose there is but I definitely the one thing I took away from the game was Stephen Dooley is very very important for Cork because they just they just look a better side when he's playing I think yeah no he's he's, he's, a, he's a player he maybe needs to be as, I think you speak to people who watch Cork every week and they would say he might need to be a bit more consistent sometimes and it's a bit like McElhenney in some ways as well I mean I, I've seen the good of McElhenney uh, you know I think there's a possibility of view that he hasn't performed in big games I think that's maybe a bit harsh I thought, against Rosenberg the home game I thought he really showed up when he played but it's definitely true that Cork have, have figured out how to to really unsettle them and if that is the cup final which by no means guaranteed uh, then Doc have to address that or as much as you may think distant dark side on full flow can be better, they're not, they're not going to win that game if they get them. I mean, Duffy, who's been their best player probably in the last six weeks, he was anonymous. He was he was snuffed out. Dylan Connolly as well, very well, good for the goal. He was good for the goal. He, I mean, other than that, I'd give him more of a pass that I think he's still finding his way. But you know, he's, uh, he's finding his way for a, a while. No, it's at true. This it's true. But I'm just saying, you know, you know Duff, McElhenney and Duffy have been probably the stars, mm. and they didn't get a kick really on Monday, and that's that's a credit to how Cork approached it. I always love an old podcast. Um, we're now joined by one-time teammates Gavin Pears and Raf Kretaro. Uh, Raf, I was actually jeering you quite loudly in Terryland Friday night, but now it's nice to talk to you in a more serene kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and Dan, you said this before we came on, the Mickey Adams book that's coming out <laughs> might incriminate some of the uh, Sligo lads from that time, particularly John Russell, actually. Well, I'm not sure uh, how much people are aware of this, but Mickey Adams, obviously, sort of briefly Sligo manager is bringing out a book. I've seen the reviews are out there. We may or may not have seen some sort of early, uh, early, early, of early editions of it. He's a bit of Sobin, actually. Early editions of it. Um, and it seems like it's going to be uh, an entertaining read, if anything to go. But I think the lads are a better place to, uh, to comment on this. <laughs> um, I don't know, lads, have you had a chance to have a, have a peep at it or have an idea of what might be in there? Anyway, the John he, Russell's story is doing the rounds. He actually sent, he texted me the other day, uh, <laughs> Mickey, the link to it, and I was reading it, and I was just I was in stitches of laughing because it just brought me back, you know. He said you could have played a championship level in your prime as well. That was one of the lines. In that? Yeah, I saw that. At the end, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Him, John go. Russell and someone else. You left that Raph, actually. I left the boy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he but, said you were a leader. You were one of the first players he mentioned in Sligo that uh, you'd gone home early on the train, I think, uh, in, the, in the end of the, the old regime. And he was going to... Club was encouraging him to do something to kind of punish you, but he said, no, I need you. You're a leader. And uh, obviously he made a good impression. Yeah, no, um, we played down in, uh, in Limerick and obviously we weren't going through great times and, um, you know, I got whipped at half time. I don't know what for, but um, he, uh, I just, had, I was a bit annoyed and I just, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I stood up and got changed and just left the stadium, started mm. walking and I met a Sligo fan and jumped in the car with him and came home and uh, the next day uh, Joe left and... Mickey came in. I th- think they were here. Mark to come in a couple, couple of weeks beforehand. They were just trying to get it done, and uh, he came in and the club wanted to find me, and he said, "No, I don't want to find him. Um, just I need him." And he just asked about the team really and what we need to do, and just really work hard. And he came in, and mm. I think everybody just bought into what he wanted to do, and we we managed to survive then that year. The assistant manager seemed like a character, anyway. Ah, yeah. yeah. What can you say? Can you actually say anything? <laughs> ah, we can, yeah. yeah. Um, it's all good banter and all good spirits, absolutely. Yeah. To be honest with you, it changed the atmosphere in the change room. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was low and he came in and he just, he done it on purpose. He made a field of himself on purpose to, to just raise the atmosphere. This was uh, Alan, is it? Yeah. Yeah. What's his surname? Adam Rogers. Rogers. Adam Rogers, yeah. yeah. Dan, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable um, book or at least it's going to be isn't it well yeah I, th- yeah I don't know should we give too much away really and people have to sort of read it when it comes out yeah. and even to go into the John Russell story 
it's, it's a pretty long, hard one to explain. <laughs> I think we'll have to stitch a few of the lads up on me. Well, uh, there's, there's a few stories like, uh, you know, over, over the couple of years of, or the, the couple of weeks that the, the, the two lads were there, obviously the, the John Russell one. Just to explain the, that to people, can we, can we, can we, it's very <laughs> difficult to explain this, but Patrick and Zizi was, giving the punchline away was, a bit. was in a bit of trouble with some local heavies, local heavies over an incident pertaining to a night out, which again, there's, you know, we so don't, dodgy ground. We don't know the incident out, out of it. He was out and something happened and got warned. Um, was told to leave. He left. But uh, John Russell was injured at the time. I think he was injured at the time, yeah. And himself and the physio decided to play a little trick because there was some fella hanging around the change room that uh, morning with a hoodie on. And we were like, who's that, who's that? And uh, we went out training and we were actually in the middle of shape, weren't we? Yeah. Just passed the ball. And I, I, I got the ball and it turned out next to the ball. All you hear was just seeing people just flying <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and the two biggest men, Martin and Elding, jumping over the stand, <laughs> into the stand, hiding. Elding, this really? Because yeah. uh, yeah. somebody yeah. had a gun and a balaclava. Yeah. And that's no, no, no. It was a hoodie, wasn't it? It was a hoodie and, and a gun. And a bit of a, of a, a hat or something over the so, men. Just, yeah. you, you didn't know who it was anyways. Yeah, you, you ran up to Jenny. To Jenny, yeah. To Jenny, my Williams. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, he was like, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not Patrick, pa- I'm not Patrick. Pa- I'm Jenny, I'm Murray Williams, I'm Jenny. And then uh, Al Rogers is coming over. He's not Patrick, he's not Patrick. <laughs> and he point, he turns to Al and he puts the, the gun to him and he goes, get down on your knees. And he's getting down on his knees. <laughs> With his hands behind his head, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, going like this. All right, all right, yeah. And then he's just, he couldn't hold it in. Then John couldn't hold it. He just whipped the thing off and he's just... I won't even repeat what Alan said. Like, uh, oh, it was funny, man. But and the two the tra- boys came out the stand then, didn't they? Oh, that's funny. And was the training session called off then because people couldn't recover? What happened? I people think it was. That was it. I Everyone was just, 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 go in. Just, here, just go just go in. Yeah, just just go in. It was at the end of the session, anyways. Yeah, you were just after staying up at that time, wasn't it? Was it? I think we weren't. I don't think we were actually. Yeah, we're in the midst of it. Yeah, we're in the midst of it. But that 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 was the kind of turning point. Yeah, yeah. you know, we we the atmosphere that was created there, and the two lads come in like 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 he said, Alan was you know a bit of the jester, you know, having the banter with the lads, and obviously Mickey being the the stern manager figure, you know. Um, I think, like you said, was was the change in one and, and going on and, and, and getting that, obviously, those vital points that we needed to stay up. I mean, we'll talk, obviously, about current affairs in a minute as with Gavin now as a St. Pat's player, but I, I guess you guys will always be associated as Sligo Rovers teammates because you were there together for such a long time. And when, when that group of players meet up or when you chat, right, will there be more stories about <laughs> Mickey Adams, about Paul Cook, John Coleman... You know who would be sort of top of the top of the list? I tell you, we could write a best shatter. I tell I, you what, if if, we could. if I decide to write a book, all I'll say is, oh, I've thought about. There's no one safe. There. There's no one safe. <laughs> have we le- have we left out the main character? I mean, Barrett Clough, I don't know. Maybe a bit more subdued than the other three in terms of yeah. tales, maybe. A bit more quieter, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but all all good characters, like yeah. all like every every one of them been you know different in their own little way. Um, but you know, really, really, really good characters. Characters that you know you'll never forget. Like, what's yeah. Charlotte like? I suppose by contrast, uh, he's a gentleman. You know, he's gentleman, top man. You know, he's he's really looked after me since he's come in. Um, uh, you know, he 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 obviously he he wants his lads, everyone that 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 plays with him. He wants to work hard, and you know, I think that's tr- transpired on to, on to our uh, recent you know, run of form, obviously, bear the weekend, where we had, uh, you know, seven, I think, unbe- an unbeaten run, a mini run, as you'd call it, of, of, of seven unbeaten. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've been working really hard, you know, and I think we'd be very confident in, in avoiding relegation. Yeah, because Friday was a blow, like, especially after going 1-0 up, and you had Vinnie Farty come on yourself and uh, the aforementioned John Russell. So there was a strong kind of Galway connection, big Sligo crowd, and it really had the feeling of a big game, and, if Galway United are to stay up, that might be the game where they look back and say, well, you know, that was a crucial three points. But were you very bit down afterwards or what was the atmosphere like? Um, yeah, well, obviously we were disappointed. Um, I, I think there was, there was two, obviously, disruptions to, to the game. Obviously, uh, Morehouse getting injured and, and, and myself coming on and then getting injured also. It kind of threw the game plan a little bit out the window and... Um, I think that was probably this, the disruption that that you know that that was probably the, the reason why we, we didn't probably go on and, and win the game, you know. Um, 
but look like I said we, we remain positive we've, we've two home games uh, we've Bowes at home and we have um, um, Derry at home in, in two of the last four games so you'd be confident you know we, we've such a good form at home we'd be definitely confident of, of, of staying up well, What's the season been like in the, maybe I see Gavin just put from a general point of view players in the league been around the league for a long time and we have this crazy sort of dogfight that's been going on this year you're, you're both at pretty good clubs um, Galway's another big club you know one of them is going to go maybe two of them is going to go you know it's what's your take on, on this 12 to 10 change and, and what it's what it's brought about clubs panicking that's what it's brought about um, I don't know if it's a good idea only time will tell about that um, the clubs voted for it you know so whoever goes down is going to have to suffer the consequences of it um, but I don't know really I don't like it. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I think you should try and keep the strong teams in the league and make and try and make it better and stronger. You know. Yeah. I mean, if Warford coming up now, who are going to be strong? Um, I th- I think Longford could be strong as well. Like um, they have a good fan base area. Yeah. They were strong back uh, back a couple of years ago, so they could come up. You know, I think you could have a very good, a bigger league if, mm. if wanted. If you could push it, but you know they've obviously decided to go to ten team league, so. Have to wait and see. Because I saw you, like Liam Buckley saying the other day, just it hadn't hasn't been an enjoyable season for anyone at the club. I mean, is that something you can echo that sentiment that every week there's just been it's been hanging over you? I guess. To be fair, he, he's he's actually been like relaxed about it. Um, he's been very good. He hasn't panicked anybody. Um, we keep saying our looks going to change. Our looks going to change. We've had a lot of bad luck all year, you know. And hopefully, the other night the result was that turning point, and we can just the next couple of games get results and uh, stay up uh, well, I actually went to that game and that was a very well deserved win as well and uh, even though you were suspended the Desmond and uh, Yordi at the back they really restricted Rovers to a fairly handful of chances yeah no, uh, Jordy's been good since he came in um, you know, he laid him strengthened in the window and he brought in experience with the likes of Killian and Owen as well and it allowed players to play in actually the natural position because myself and Lee struck up a good partnership at the start and then he had to be moved into uh, the midfield. Cause, uh, Where do you see his best position, actually? Lee? <laughs> he's comfortable in the ball. I, I, I thought I struck up a good relationship with my centre-half. You know, I thought we were doing well. And then, obviously, uh, he had to move me in just to, for a bit of legs in the middle of the park. Um, but, you know, he, he's a very good centre-half. He's a very good pass for the ball as well. Like. Yeah, he's confident in the ball, both mm. feet. He's a good player, yeah. And Garvin and Brennan, like, they're obviously... You know they've a lot of experience at this stage, but they they did really give you a bit of a kind of stability in midfield in that game. Yeah, I I, I think Killian's been massive since he came in. You know he knows the club he's been there, and you know he's, he's what we what we were missing in there. Someone like to, to get the ball and play forward passes. You know, and I think he's been very good since he came in. <laughs> I've always said I wanted to play with him uh, over the years, but I never. Got, and then he comes in and I get injured. You know. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you have the bottle in the team? A lot of people say Pats are a nice team. They're too nice. Like, have you the bottle to come out of this? You know, relegation scrap. Yeah, um, I think we showed that the other night. Um, th- I think we would have got a result against Bowes if I hadn't got sent off uh, early on. Um, we created a lot. We, we could have went two and up just before I got sent off. Conan, um, we created a lot of chances even with ten men. Christy hit the bar towards the end to make it three three. So with ten men, we created chances. We showed good uh, heart, and then we took that into to Monday night. And um, I think we'll be like that now to the end of the season, really. And just just to extrapolate what Dan was saying there, if either of you guys go down, where's the club next season? Like, where, where does Sligo or Pats? How do they confront a first division that's basically wasteland? Your budget's going to be cut, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, look, it's it's one of them ones. Obviously, Sligo has the the experience of of, of been there maybe ten years ago or or, or more. You know, um, for me. And it's not me being biased. I think Sligo is probably the biggest club in the country. You know, people say, "Ah, oh, yeah, you'll say that," but I think when you walk in the front gates and you look at the the club, I, Piersy, I think you'll back me up on on a few things when you when you look at the place. Relative to the population, it probably is the biggest club in the country in terms of its hold in the town. Uh, absolutely. Well, you go back to the summer where the club was financially struggling or 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 in a in a situation, and. Uh, the 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 club generated or, or the supporters should I say the the general public generated sixty k for the club in a matter of maybe two weeks three weeks so that'll give you the the insight into what tor- sort of a of a of a town it actually is it's a real football town like mm. they uh, they've done that throughout the years we've been there yeah oh every year every year every other it's year it's a unique club really slight I mean 
as a Galway United fan, we were quite embarrassed at the prospect of Sligo bringing 500, considering we had less than 900 at our previous home game against Derry and similar against Limerick in the Cup. And in terms of the population, Galway is not a football town. If, if Sligo is what a football town is, Galway is not that. And, you know, it was, it was just good to see a good crowd there on Friday night because we would consider Sligo to have achieved a hell of a lot more than Galway have, considering the players that we should have had at our disposal, you know. Galway should be a massive club. Mm. Mm. Just with and could get relegated. Yeah. You know. They're playing some good football. But, um, I think it's going to be tight. The only thing, Gavin, is if you looked at the game Monday night now, the Pats Rovers game, you're going to have plenty of that. There was a great atmosphere at the game. And sometimes if Pats are playing at home to Harps or Pats are playing at home to Drogheda or even Galway, it's flat and it's not. So there will be more intensity, at least in theory. Yeah, well, that's what we have Limerick at home next, you know, so um, I, I'd expect it to be the same, uh, a good a, a good atmosphere. Uh, and I hope it is, you know, it, it really pushes us on uh, on the pitch and gives you that little extra step. Mm. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a massive uh, factor till the end of the season now. Lads, just if you've a weekend off this weekend, you probably wouldn't like the normal circumstances. You've good sort of good cup memories. Weekend off in the playing sense, yeah. obviously not in the work sense. But uh, just to take it off off topic, who do you fancy to win the cup? I'm gonna go to Dundalk. Uh, I'll probably have to second one. That I think, obviously, their current form and and that I think, yeah, probably Dundalk. I think they're the best team in the league. Really? Yeah. They didn't show us uh, Monday night now. I just. I think I think play. I think Cork did a, a professional job. I think you know, obviously Conor McCormick, who had uh, got uh, man of the match. Yeah. You know, I think he did a fantastic job on on McElhinney, You know, obviously Patrick McElhinney, in my in my best eyes player, is probably yeah. the best player in the league. He didn't do a thing on the night. But you no. you, you got to give John Caulfield and 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 everyone at at, at Cork credit for nullifying that because. <laughs> you, a player, a player of his ability has has such a knack of picking up space. No matter how many players around him, he picks up space, and and he's did it on a number of occasions. I think out of whatever, I think he's got ten goals plus. I'd say eight of them are contenders for goal mm. of the season. So that has tell his you, own competition. Yeah, like that, that's yeah. that's it. Like what was it? What was it against me? <laughs> but what, but what is what is it about them, Doc, that makes them maybe hard to play against, or that makes you think that they are the the, the side? It's the way they play, the way they attack. I think that suits Cork. Defending the other night, they didn't have to go out and win. If they had to go out and win, I don't think they would have been able to. Yeah. Whereas Dundalk can go and blow it away. Yeah. They have that strength. Um, it, it suits John's team the way he wants to set up. I think to to nullify it and then nick it. Whereas Dundalk will be able to really put the, put the sword to you. What What's your favourite memory from your time at Sligo? Maybe together. I don't know. Is it the league win? Is it the cups? What the John Russell incident? What springs to mind? There's been so many of them. Yeah. Uh, I suppose you have to go to the league, don't you? Probably, probably the league win. I think that day, that the, day, I think, uh, and it's probably it's came back. People had asked me over and over because probably because I I scored a, a goal on the, on the day or the two goals on the day, but I think just the day in general that that was that was in it. It's I think it's the best game I've ever, yeah. ever been involved yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Had everything in it. Yeah, everything. It's just that sense of achievement that you. I, th- I think I've read an interview with you recently where you felt maybe one of the years Shamrock Rovers won the league maybe you beat them in the cup that yeah. you could have won the league that year yeah. you could have won the league that year maybe you felt you were maybe a better side at the time was that your sort of we played better it was a bit like Cork and Dundalk now I think we were the better team playing attacking wise to look at whereas they were just solid in getting the results yeah so 2012 was like I think there was three points in it or something was there yeah three points yeah so 2012 was like the culmination of that team growing together and yeah, we, getting what you deserved we did yeah um we had a good run from what 2000, you'd say 2009 when we got to the cup final and we lost and then we kicked on from there. Kicked on, yeah. 2010 then. Well, best of luck in the relegation fight. Um, unfortunately, it looks like one of Pat's Galway or Sligo will probably go down. Will definitely go down, I would say, unless Limerick um, go down into it. But uh, thanks for coming on, lads, and uh, have an enjoyable end of the season. Pleasure. No problem. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Thanks. And thanks very much to the guys for that. And... Um, Buzzer Row has just been on onto our Twitter feeds. Uh, ah, Jesus, lads, I just dropped off there, T H E R, a few minutes ago. Conrad, I could have popped in for a cuppa, um, and that's the Conrad. So, Buzzer might well be giving me a lift home um, if Johnny Mac isn't outside. And uh, let's get to this competition, actually, because we are here in the Conrad, as Dan has reminded me. And we are here, thanks to EA Sports, and to celebrate 10 years of the Premier Division as a playable league on FIFA. 10 years! That happened way after my video game 
first video game you played? Dan? Well, actually, uh, first video game I played probably Micropro was soccer actually on the uh, back in the Commodore sixty four. Commodore sixty four. Back in the day, I, I used to play Match of the Day, which was a managerial thing on it. Yeah, the Commodore took about twenty minutes to load. Didn't oh, it? it was just like a plane taking off, like you know what I mean, like and <laughs> great it'd be days. Ready shortly. But yeah, it was more than sensible soccer, but then. Uh, Sense of Soccer was fantastic, actually. That, that was in the Mega Drives, is it? Yeah, and like you could actually like edit the team names and like put in oh, all yeah, your own yeah, names yeah. and all, so you'd be sort of you know passing the ball to your mates and so on. Italian ninety was my. But this person. is this is probably where like you know our Irish kids went wrong at some stage. Like you know we should be outside kicking football, but still, then played Very some fair played some of the, played some of the FIFA games. Who's and, been uh, described as the last um, the last street footballer in in Chris Forrester? Chris Forrester as but, a but I should say, you mentioned the 10 years of EA. I, it was Sarah from O'Leary PR mentioned earlier, it was like, obviously the 10-year anniversary of it. And uh, Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Sarah from, from O'Leary, O'Leary PR. PR. She was, she's, she's been, you know, helping Sarah. us out here today. John. Go okay. ahead. So, um, so we had the first ever edition of the League of Ireland players being FIFA was a big deal. And there was, there was Owen Heary and Paddy McCourt who were like carrying life-size cutouts of themselves <laughs> across like where the Lewis tracks are, I think, out there in Harcourt Street. <laughs> I saw, I saw I think John Fallon mentioned it in the end of earlier this week that actually bring it all back. And at that <laughs> stage, it was an incredible novelty about uh, our players being in loud. And I think even there's been a bit of chat this week that hasn't Patrick McElhenney been rated higher than Shawnee McGuire by, you know, the stats in the game. Somebody actually tweeted uh, me today, they put up the Cork versus uh, Dundalk kind of like percentage attributes and uh, presumably Dundalk must be higher because they're like, did you have anything to do with the, uh, you know, making of this game as in oh, I've an anti-Cork bias oh, or some yeah. nonsense. What would you put your own attributes in it now if you were doing FIFA? As a ball player? Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeez. Aggression. I'm, I'm nearly 35, um, so pace wouldn't... Uh, I can read the game well, but that's probably not an attribute. No, no. I probably is like awareness no. or something like that. Uh, yeah. Awareness, yeah. And um, yeah, I've never really thought about that, but yeah, good one. What would you? I don't know. I don't know. You're just, a just, really good finisher and um, just tracking back would be pretty, pretty very two footed. Very two footed. Tracking back would be optional when it comes to that. But anyway, we have a, we have um, a, we have actually we a, have a free copy of FIFA 18 to give away to one lucky listener, and just to answer the simple question and. I kind of really lo- hate these quizzes where they give absurdly ridiculous choices and then one obvious one, but we're not giving you a choice. It's just who won this year's uh, EA Sports Cup, and that was very recently. Uh, tweet us your answer using the hashtag LOI Weekly, and the winner will be announced on Friday on our Twitter account. And that is the day that FIFA 18 hits the stores, and it's going to retail at... Anyone know? <laughs> what video? So I'm actually in a room surrounded by people who are too old to. We don't know some price order. Yeah, um, we should actually mention. Sorry, this is, now we're in the Conrad, which is where the soccer writers' dinner is. <laughs> Every <laughs> just to mention, listener, we're still in the Conrad. Where, where it's where it's where the soccer writers have their annual dinner every January. What a night! It's actually that is. one of the big nights, and I think we should probably mention Jimmy McGee. Talk about quiz quiz question and. Um, the, the the quiz question. I think if Jimmy had been setting uh, that question, it would have been like you know who who won the quarter final between you know Cork Hibs and Galway Rovers, you know, and you know where was it played and who was the ref. But uh, I don't know. It just came to mind there. Uh, we, the Jimmy, like we you weren't here to pay tribute to him no, last week, but no. you, I didn't know Jimmy, but you would have known him uh, yeah, much better. I would have known Jimmy reasonably well, possibly through organising the soccer writers' dinner. Although it was actually, it was actually, uh, I think it was. 2011 I think it was the 50th anniversary and it was in the Shelburne that year but um, Jimmy was doing MC and I don't think he'd been like particularly well at the time and I was arranging the event that year and I went up to meet him in the Radisson in Stillorgan and you know you meet Jimmy and I'd heard he maybe been in hospital or something I met him and he just didn't seem in great sort of form initially and we were sitting in the lobby and I was trying to get him to go through the running order and here's what we do you know we have to make this award and so on and he just he wouldn't listen he wasn't concentrating what he kept doing was looking around the lobby and seeing people who he thought like they looked like famous people from Irish football history so he was like oh there's Fran Gavin over there you know there's uh, oh look at there's there's Liam Coyle people who look vaguely like him now I mean I don't think it was Fran Gavin right? you know <laughs> I can't imagine he would have been spying on us but um you know, Jimmy was like, he wouldn't concentrate. He was messing. He wasn't remotely serious. And I was really worried about this event and how it was going to go because we had loads of special guests coming because we are 50 a year. Then even two hours before the gig, I met him and he was similar again. You know, wasn't really, you know, he was sort of getting a bit more into it. But then 
you know, kicks off, whatever, half seven, the cameras go on, the lights go on, and he was brilliant. He just clicked in. And that was the moment where you realised this is, well, not the moment where you realised you knew it anyway, but like you'd meet Jimmy and you'd be just messing and chatting the whole time. But um, when it actually came to the event, the main event, he was brilliant. You know, a top class, professional, everything people say. And uh, he's like, it's, it's really, it's hard to believe he's not going to be around, you know, yeah. for the event next year. He was like a real central figure of it. Um, that event is very much where people catch up and, and talk about the year. And Jimmy had a word for everyone, from the oldest player to the newest one, um, to someone he hadn't met who he wanted to learn about or know about them. He was like a really integral part of it. So, uh, yeah, that's why maybe I'm mentioning the, the when I think of the Conrad event, I think of of that night, and uh, Jimmy will be sorely. My missed. memory of him is giving a speech about his son Paul about a motor neuron. He Paul died from motor neuron, and uh, that was a fundraiser for Colin Murray, and uh, he just spoke so beautifully and uh, almost like matter of factly about the disease, and I just I was, I it really left a deep impression uh, with me. So um, uh, we we wish our respect to Jimmy McGee. Um, we're now going to be joined by Kieran Sadlier. This is in advance of the uh, Daily Mail FAI Cup uh, semi-finals, which have really worked out quite interestingly. The Munster Derby between Cork and Limerick, and the Cup specialist Shamrock, Shamrock Rovers visit Dundalk uh, on Sunday. And just to note as well, Derry played Rada in the league on Friday. And now we're joined by Kieran Sadlier ahead of Limerick against Cork at Turner's Cross on Friday. And Kieran, is it a help that you played them so recently, and you obviously scored as well? You know a bit more about them. Uh, yeah, you could say so, but going into a cup game, I think it's form's kind of out the window, and uh, both teams will be confident. Obviously, they probably say they got the added edge that they beat us the other day, but we've got positives in that game that we'll take out of it and hopefully take into Friday's game. And obviously, it's at home, and uh, we've got hopefully the, the fans turn out again like they did the other night. I think it was 7,000 just under, and uh, that'll give us a big lift. It must be the best place in the league when it's full in terms of atmosphere at Turner's Cross. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing atmosphere. I think the other night against Dundalk was the best atmosphere I've had in, in my small career so far. So, uh, yeah, it really does help a lot. Yeah. Are you good at not to, were you good enough to start? Yeah, obviously I was obviously disappointed not to start naturally, but uh, we, got the, we got the draw and a result that was positive and uh, we've now got four games to get get two points well get a win basically and uh, it's a bit annoying that we have to wait two and a half weeks until the next uh, league game but which is frustrating because it's touching distance away but it's one game at a time and uh, we're concentrating on the cup game on uh, on Friday How have you found Cork so far because they're obviously uh, post Sean Maguire now and mm-hmm. they ha- they've had a system where they've had three up front for much of the season yeah. but they lost him so you've kind of gone in and obviously Shepherd has played different positions how have you found it? Um, no, it's, it took me a while to get used to it. Uh, obviously, the intensity they play out, which is much, well, it's very high intense. And um, That was different from your previous? Yeah, like, slightly different. Yeah. And it took me a few weeks to get up and speed with it in training as well. And uh, But now I've, I've hit form and I'm, I'm really confident going into every game. And uh, no, we play a different different kind of football and it, it takes a while to adapt to different players and different systems and... Uh, but I knew that come in, and I knew that when before I joined. And uh, no, I mean I'm enjoying my football now. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the other night as well, you know, you played quite well up front. Dooley seemed to have a very good game mm-hmm. as well. Come back in, so there's competition for places. Yes, yeah, you've got like, great players in the, in the squad, not just the, just the team. So it's always good to have um, like a fight for shirts and stuff. And it's it's a it's a great squad to be involved in. Yeah. Where do you see your best position in that setup that they have? Uh, well, obviously. I've Sligo and Cork have played in all sorts of positions, uh, but I'd say personally, my best position is on the left. Yeah, left so of a four, left of left a three, kind of. of a, left of a three, so a four-three-three, three, and that'd be my best position. But I like to just get on the ball wherever possible and try and make things happen, which is my biggest strength. So I can mix it up, to be honest. Are they a good bunch of lads? Yeah, a great bunch of lads. Mm. It's similar to what I had back in Sligo, like two great teams, like everybody's quite close and we do things together, go out for meals and stuff and it's a, it's a great club to be involved in right now. Yeah, and the Limerick game is one that you're not going to be um, underestimating after they beat you in the league, obviously. No, obviously beat us uh, last Friday, I think it was, or Saturday and um, 
yeah, it, we're not going to un underestimate them at all. But even before that game, we knew it would be a tough game. It's a local derby as well, so everybody's up for it, the fans as well. But we're, we're focusing on in training this week on trying to get the win on Friday. And uh, obviously, you've got the added edge. It's a, it's a cup final at stake. So everybody wants to get to the Aviva and the boys want to get back there. And personally, I'd love to play there as well. Yeah, it'd be a nice place to play. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it would. To Dozio Ogbeni as well, uh, ex-Cork City, mm -hmm. he can expect a good, rea a good response, I suppose, going back down there on yeah. Friday. But he had a great <coughs> game in the league game. Yeah, obviously, he, he did really well. He got man of the match the other night. And... Uh, he caused he caused problems for for uh, for us and obviously we'll hope to nullify that on Friday night and but I think we'll be concentrating ourselves really we're we're a good team and the, the boys have done great things this year and we'll concentrate on ourselves and how we can get the win because the double is a big aspiration yeah it's a it's a massive thing obviously if we win on Friday then it becomes very real that we could really do the double and uh, we'll be more than confident going into every single game we play yeah and have you been keeping track of the players that have gone to England the likes of obviously Maguire and Horgan set up the winner for Preston the other night yeah. so these guys are you know making some waves over there yeah obviously they proved that the platform's here to to go over if if you put the performances in so what they're doing over there is a credit to themselves and the league and have you been keeping track of Sligo as well? Um, they've had some good results, obviously lost to Galway, but they've they've given themselves a fighting chance. Yeah, yeah, I've been keeping track. Obviously, I'm going to go up there in a few weeks and watch them play and and uh, speak to all the boys still and ho really hoping they can stay up. Yeah, and I'm confident they can. Cork much different to Sligo in terms of living down there? Just a the bigger place, the accent. <laughs> yeah, the accent's much different. But no, nah, it's just a it's a, it's a bigger city and. And yeah, but no, Sligo is a lovely place as well. Best of luck on Friday. Thank you. Thanks, you. Stop, man. I always love an old podcast. And thanks very much to Kieran Sadlier and uh, Dan. You're laughing at me, but the new Netherlands home kit for the World Cup is is pretty class. Um, I have to say, you've just created and that. I just are, as a as a fan, actually for League of Ireland shirts, what's your favourite? Old Sport, Kappa, Nike, Adidas, Umbro. I, I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. People people are big into kits. And Not stuff. a fan. Ah, I mean, I, I I like a good retro kit, and I like maybe collecting the odd sort of to go to a country like take the. The national team jersey or something as a as a souvenir. Um, but you pay that amount of money. I don't, I don't, ah, like, no, you get the knockdown ones like you yeah. know, ten euro in the stall in Vietnam or something. You've got the Vietnam <laughs> ten euro jersey you got at home. Fleece. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and I battered them down to that. I was passing a Vietnamese restaurant earlier on. I'm thinking of going to it later on. Actually, it's a fine cuisine. Yeah, you found great country Vietnam. Yeah. have you been? Uh, no, I was near it, um, but uh, <laughs> I didn't quite get to Vietnam. I was how, in, how near? How near? I was in <laughs> Laos, like, Cambodia. You're, you're passing like exit fourteen in a motorway, and you could have yeah. gone off it like <laughs> junction fourteen. Great, great spot. Um, is it as straightforward as uh, Dundalk or Rovers against Cork in the final? Well, Probably the isn't. The fact that Limerick have beaten Cork in their last game uh, makes it makes it harder to, to make the argument. Yeah, and uh, for whatever reason, Limerick things have clicked a small bit when they seem to be in some kind of terminal decline. Um, but they've managed to sort of galvanise themselves a bit to get that huge win when you think actually of the relegation battle how Limerick and Sligo have both managed to get wins against Cork which has probably floored the other teams around oh, them terrible. when you look at I'm sure psychology you know you look at the table and you look at the fixtures and you say they might get one not going to get three and, and it happens um, if Cork plays they did on Monday night it's hard to see them not winning this yeah, game yeah I, I suppose it's going to be a challenge for them to, to bring that intensity to this game I would assume um, I liked that John did Cork little social media thing the other day. They did that sick note for fans. Uh, they, I don't know if you saw that. It was no. like it was you know they basically had this letter from John Caulfield looking for permission to get off work, and he signed it and it, like you could print it out and give it to your employer. It was actually just a clever use. You talk about mm. marketing and cup finals. Cabin Tilly would have been proud. Well, it was just a clever use of that stuff, you know. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I wonder. You know, because you talk about the Cork fans, they come and go. The, the floating ones come and go. There was like 7,000 there on Monday. It seemed like it was fantastic. They need them all there on, on Friday. They're probably realistically not going to get all of them there, but you'll probably have a big travelling support. Big so, travelling support. So you, you can create that intensity, and if they, if they produce that level, you would think they're fine. But, I mean, look at Limerick last week. They got ahead. They're a side that probably likes to... They're, they're pretty efficient on the counter. If they were to somehow get a lead in the game... And a lot yeah. of pressure in Cork. You see teams in cup semi-finals at home. 
Um, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but like, there's it's not always as Des easy. Des Curran was some man for the stats. He was you Des, see his Des was good. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah you, you quick before the cup, other cup game. You your review of the two non Dan. Yeah, you know, Des was excellent. A lot of praise for Des. A lot of you know, solid pro. Just got in, come in there with the stats. No messing. No chat about weddings. No chats about being near Vietnam. You know, or the Dutch home quit. He just. You know, he got straight down to it. It was an efficient job. You're, you're, it was good. You and Damo, I felt there was a bit more. Uh, there was a bit more tension in the air. I felt like this was like. Uh this was like almost a couple that had broken up, but they were maybe... You know, well, it was, you and me. They'd meet every so often because of the kids. I was missing and, you. And uh, they were having a sort of a, an awkward family a, function a, moment a, there. A, a, a nominally kind of, you know, nice meeting, but it was actually, there was real undercurrent of tension and I just feel it needs hatred. to be addressed because I, I quite like Damo. Yeah, I love and, Damo. Um, Tried to get him to play ball uh, since, but I'm still, he's, uh, he's committing to a game with... Um, with, with us at some stage. Right. Well, I, let's just hope there's no one leaving the pitch due to some kind of, you know, dizziness or whatever, whatever might be the case. Dundalk and against Rovers. You must be looking forward to that as well. Rory will be rocking on Sunday. It should be, yeah. I think they're making it all ticket. Um, Sell out. So, I, I, you would hope so. I mean, I, again, there's all these, there's these fire safety limits and so on. So, I'm just not sure what the actual figure will be. Um, but when Oriel rocks, it can be pretty pretty good, probably because it's so old and dilapidated, but that sort of creates this sort of rustic feel to it. Um, and when you think about it, um, Limerick have other stuff going on at the moment, the relegation fight. Um, that's probably their priority. The cup is a bonus. Cork getting across the line, but it's huge for them. But the Dalkin Rovers, both their respective seasons hinge on Sunday. I definitely I think, think Rovers played on Monday night with a view to the cup. Yeah, like I think there's, you know, Dundalk winning two cups and being second in the league is a good season in transition. Winning just the league cup and going out of the cup to Rovers and losing the lead to Cork is a disastrous season. I think the lines are are probably fine in terms of, of the perception of it. Rovers, okay, I think getting into Europe and it looks like they're going to finish third, so there is an element of progress there. Um, but I think even getting to a cup final even if they don't win it, would be a, be a huge step because they haven't been at the Aviva since the, you know, since the first one in, in sort of the modern era. The biggest attendance of, the of them all. So um, they, they, you know, I, I know a lot of people involved with Rovers, Rovers fans who almost crave the cup more than the league at this stage. Because Let's be honest now. You want a, for the neutral, you want a Rovers Cork final. I think Rovers Cork would probably probably get the biggest crowd I think uh, and there's a great spice between Cork and Rovers this year but the flip side is I think Cork and I think uh, again people from Limerick are just going to hate this you know hate this discussion we're sort of completely casting them aside but uh, the Cork Dundalk final would be something good about that as well I mean uh, again talking about marketing something right you know 2015 cup final Tell scores the goal you know, he was the poster boy Horgan made it 2016 Sean Maguire that's the goal, you know, and look where he's gone to now. 2017, you know, who's it going to be this year? Like, it's, it's, it's very easy to build up that game. It's that, if that game can't be sold, then what, what are we doing? Like what, like, what is the point of our existence as a league if you can't use that two, those two best teams in the country going at it again in another cup final? It shouldn't be fatigue that they're playing each other again. It should be, should be built up to be, you know, the best of three stuff even more. But Cork Rovers, I mean, they really don't like each other. <laughs> they, they probably, I think of the three, I think that's the spiciest rivalry is the Cork Shamrock like Rovers one. Demo is bad, Caulfield and Bradley. Is Caulfield and Bradley and a, and a couple of the players um, and you had the, the the Bennett and Webster incident and you know some of the tweets are after games and uh, that would be that we would be special them. but we haven't really spoken about the Dundalk Rovers match itself um, that it's interesting like Dundalk have been in a great run of form and they did win the EA Sports Cup but I suppose I spoke earlier about how in the league this year um, if you look at you know, the results against Cork have been poor the results against Rovers they beat them the first day of the season but then they lost to the Memorial um, against Derry they hammered them recently but they they, they drop points against Derry they're actually their results against the other sides in this notional top top four lost to Rovers comprehensively yeah, in Tallow haven't you know they haven't been great the results actually and you, you made the point great. as well six, they, they, Rovers take six points off from the league as you say you know? Vimelon, Vimelon being out didn't seem to help on Monday no and I think you know to his new contract talks probably uh, the value has possibly gone up after just there seems to be an absence of composure and I actually think Cora's done quite well in recent weeks and Gartland's come back in too but Vemelin seems to be the key maybe 
to it at the moment. So uh, I, I think with Give him, it was a prediction anyway. I, I still think Rovers. I mean, Dundalk, Rovers and Cork. No, no, no. Dundalk were better than Rovers in the A Sports Cup. I think Rovers missing Graham Burke is huge. I think he was actually the key man uh, in Oriel the last time they played, and he plays really intelligently. Um, and I just think without him, Dundalk might just might just have too much. I think um, I think it'd be a Cork Dundalk final. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't actually be shocked if Dundalk made it to the final by virtue of a replay. By the way, <laughs> you know that they draw and they did that last year with Derry. They won the return. I don't think they'd have any fears about coming back to Tala again if they did draw on Sunday, which is entirely possible with the stakes being so high. Uh, your that, prediction Johnny who are you thinking? yeah I'm probably with you there um, but it wouldn't amaze me if, if anything happened really I, I think Limerick are cap- I, I actually think Limerick are not a bad side um, with Ogbeni on the break and uh, their midfield was very good on Friday night I think they might be buying into McDonald now and maybe the time he's needed has elapsed and they have to score first I think Limerick. I think you're right there to be honest because yeah they, they, it, it, they were able to control the game a bit um, on Friday Dundalk uh, and Rovers I, I'd agree with your analysis I think Burke's a big loss and but I do think Rovers will be all up for that game whereas Dundalk are coming back off a huge game on Monday Rovers sort of I thought they, they were prepping a bit it's for it's going to be a cracker I think that's going to be a cracker that should deliver um, that was uh, that was episode 32 and just to reiterate our competition um, thanks for EA Sports we're celebrating 10 years of the Premier Division as Playable League and FIFA and we will be giving away uh, one copy of FIFA 18 uh, you just have to answer a very simple question who is the present holder of the EA Sports Cup and tweet us your answer using the hashtag LOI Weekly um, and that'll be announced on Friday on our Twitter page so that was uh, episode 32 as ever we're Podcast Republic Stitcher uh, SoundClouds iTunes and Snapchat are also uh, LOI Weekly friendly and thanks to everyone here in the where are we? <laughs> Conrad Hotel Conrad I believe Hotel. it is Hotel uh, and thanks to the guys for chatting to us as well and chat to you for uh, episode 33 next week